You smoking my weed too? I'm gonna kill you and Smokey because you playing with my emotions. You heard? Me? <laughs> with rap critic and muse. <laughs> <laughs> shocked owl scream that prims media uses ladies and gentlemen it's an all-star uh it's a black all-star yeah yeah <laughs> it's such a crazy like way to scream because it's like like if someone's like you know if you get caught in somewhere you, you think immediately you would just be an unstoppable you know ah, like but there's just this sort of like this sounds like the guy's still trying to figure out the situation like he's like <laughs> 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 Am I scared of wait, no, yes, I... <laughs> Now, later in the show, we are being joined by the EXO crew, Kill Bill and Rev, fucking going inside baseball. We recorded it already, so we'll just let y'all know. We cover a bunch of shit. We cover uh, late stage capitalism a good bit. <laughs> we talk about how Real fun the music industry is. Yeah, happy, happy, we joy, talk joy. About we talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie a bit. <laughs> and how it's been corrupted by the capitalistic system. <laughs> and, and ultimately, uh, I'll just say straight up, because it takes us a minute to actually get into it, but Kill Bill and Rev both have uh, albums coming out very, oh, yeah. very soon, and they're going on tour. Y'all got to keep your eyes open, because <laughs> they're making it happen. They've got tons of stuff going on. But in the meantime, we've got a yeah, you Patreon... <laughs> Let's not Patreon. Kofi. We got a Kofi <laughs> request. Yes, yes. There's ko-fi.com slash going off, G-O-I-N-O-F-F, to request an album to be reviewed on a future episode. This time, Charm of Crows has requested Cinematropolis by Blue Scholars. Yeah. Did you know the ethnicity of the artists? Okay. <laughs> no. I did not. Do you now know? No. <laughs> I still do not know. I thought they were white. <laughs> okay. They're apparently an Asian dude, which... It, Asian dude? Yeah. Okay. But I was just so... Just, especially from the Macklemore appearance later on... <laughs> Yeah, I was just so sure that this was like a oh, this must be like a Macklemore, like because he mentioned Seattle and Washington. So I was just like, right. is there just like a subgenre of like white rappers from Seattle that just kind of sound like uh, you know atmosphere slash uh, Macklemore? You know what I mean? For the most of the time listening to the album, I was just sitting down on the couch listening to the album, taking notes. At one point, I had to get up to go to the kitchen, and it was during uh, that song, Tommy Chong. And I was just in the kitchen. I think I was washing my hands and I heard it. And I just like, I rolled my eyes and was like, is that goddamn Macklemore? Like, I wasn't sure. But I was like, that sounds like Macklemore. I was like, is that fucking Macklemore? I bet that's Macklemore. And then I went back on the couch and, and looked it up and it was like, God damn it. Yeah, it there he is. That always sounds a little too weak in that it, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little laid back. Um... A little underwhelmed. Yeah, and I will say, like, first of all, their name. Like, the name is, like, Blue Scholars, and I think his rap name is, like, Geologic or something like that. But then at one point yeah. in the album, he says what his real name is, and it sounds so much cooler. It's like, <laughs> it's like the word, uh, what is the, uh, who's the, Prometheus Vaughn or something like that. And I was like, what? Prometheus? <laughs> yeah, I was like, why did you go with that? <laughs> oh, no. Prometheus. 
Prometheus. We're introduced to the first song, Cinematropolis. Yeah. <laughs> and I was already kind of underwhelmed by the opening track. Um, I liked the bloopy, bleepy synth beat. Yeah. I thought that was dope. I didn't like that that but... kept happening. It felt like a very similar, like, same major key sounding music. It, it felt very John Bellion fake big. You know what I mean? Like... It definitely had a nerdcore vibe to it. Mm, mm. Whether or not he was going for that, I don't know. But well, it definitely had that feel to me. Yeah, because he's making, like, you know, film references, at least in this first song and later on in one song that, that actually, a little bit. actually does something a little cool that I do like that I want to comment on. But just, like, yeah, in this one, it's just, like, yeah, like these lyrics about, like, oh... Of course, the obvious, oh, you know, if it spins on a reel, it's got to be real. But real in real life just reminds us of film. And now you're saying something's like a movie when it's real. Like a film's much realer than anything you feel. Like, it's just so that's like no. such a convoluted way to say God. the most basic message. Like, yes, we know. When everything feels like the movies, yeah, you bleed just to know you're alive. Like, yes. Uh, like, they already said that line so much more concisely than you just said it, you know? I actually have that little part uh, quoted also because mm. I was about to say it if you didn't because I was just like oh my god what are you doing it's just so jumbled the way he says it it's just like dude okay yeah we get it <laughs> like uh, there, there are definitely some bars that hit harder than others but sure. there are a lot that also just kind of fall flat I also thought this was kind of I don't know a little awkward what my marvelous marksmanship is sharp shit is hard but we make it look not we auteurs yeah. the, we make it look not i was uh, like it's like not knowing how to make you know natural sort of speech fit into the flow of how you're saying it because like, i could imagine maybe doing a trying to find a way to say what that sentiment is in in the rhythm in a way that doesn't sound odd but yeah i remember it just being like a what and we're like we do not that we <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's like that awkward double negative it's like wait what from there we go to hussein what a name just <laughs> it's interesting it's supposed <laughs> I know to I be a that. reference to obama right because i can do it because like my middle name hussein or like yes we can yeah campaign. yeah yeah this album came out in 2011 so i was thinking to myself okay i guess this is like we're firmly in the obama talking. era you know yeah, like, we're talking about the upcoming re-election, the 2012 election. But then I look in the Genius Adaptations. That's the oldest song on the album. It was the first song we recorded, and it predates everything else on the album by at least a year, maybe two. It mm. was written maybe a year into the Obama presidency, and having all the memories of the hope and the change and all of the stuff that swept that moment. We were in D.C. on the night he was elected. It was a big old party it was crazy. So it's right in the afterglow of mm. Obama being elected. It's not the right before the term is up like I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but it was at this point where it was like, OK, so we, we abandoned the movie. <laughs> Immediately. Just not doing that. <laughs> Every song after the opening track, the title track, as someone's name is the title of the track. Yeah. And. Some of them it's not sense. always relevant. Yeah, but like, first of all, who, okay, who is Fu Lee? Is that just the name of a restaurant? 
I'm not sure. I think it was it was like a name of a uh, chain of restaurants that he frequented, and I thought that was okay it, because like the songs where he's actually talking about something, I ended up liking better. Sure. Like Hussein just kind of felt like platitudes of just like, hey, right. I can do it because Obama, Obama said he could do yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like okay, <laughs> but then Fuli has a really cool, like, story about talking to a stranger on a train right, ride. Right, yeah, in the third verse, it's yeah. Like, okay, now we're actually, like, getting into something, and I really did dig that. I just think between some of the songs not really having much of a direction in what it's about, and I hate to say it, but Geo's delivery really wasn't grabbing me either. And, and he would do this thing where it's like, you know when two words... Like, don't rhyme, but sometimes, like, a rapper will do a thing, like, put a little bit of uh, inflection on it to make it sound like, oh, okay, I can hear how these two words are, are rhyming now. He doesn't do that at all. And so, like, he'll rhyme park with thought. And it sounds so distinctly not like a rhyme that it's just like a, wait, was that supposed to be a rhyme? Like, it sounds like he didn't even hear the intention of making it a rhyme. I also thought it was weird that this is the second song in a row where the name of the song is just after, like, a throwaway reference in the chorus. Yeah, like, it's never, well, like, for a lot of them, it'll just be like, okay, but that didn't really... Like, I mean, I guess you could name a song anything, but it's just weird yeah, that this is like, the theme. <laughs> that would... Yeah, you were going for a motif here. I don't really feel like it's that important of a motif. <laughs> right. I don't really see it being that cohesive. And the next one is Lalo Schifrin. I, I like this one. I like the, the really light, you know, bouncy flow. I, I was like, whoa, whoa, okay, this is nice as fuck. You know what I'm saying? I like the what he says. It, it's time to make the matter matter again. Show you how to make a camera with the pad and the pen. Like, I like that for the hook. You know mm. what I mean? I thought, yeah. I thought this was a fun one that actually kind of like got me out of the doldrums a bit. I was like, oh, okay, so he's got something going on. You know what I mean? Um, um. My, my, my problem with it as a general is that it'll just be like, You'll hear one verse where it'll be like, oh, he's flowing a bit. Okay. And then there'll just be like whole swaths of songs where he just won't even be trying to do that one verse where he showcased that he could do that, you know? So it's just like, what's what's happening? Did you not hear that you could do that? Like, you know? Also, he doesn't really have strong choruses. No, on not this at album all. Either. Oh, like, man. I hate to skip down to uh, Mary and Sunshine already, like hmm. skipping two tracks here. But the chorus... Hi, hands up to the sky. Everybody wave, say hi. Yeah. I can't lie. I can't stand it when the sun says bye. Real first draft vibes. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Uh, and, yeah. And and uh, what was the other one that had that? I th was it the last song where it was just like, it just felt so like a, wait, is this the verse? Or are you just, oh, oh, I guess this is the chorus. You know, where it feels so uneventful where you're just like, what? What is this? Is this still the verse happening? Or oh, oh, this is repeating. Oh, okay. You you thought this was supposed to be catchy. Oh, all right. You know. The only two tracks that really stood out to me were um, Oscar Barnack, Oscar Scott. Yes, yes. Or uh, Oscar Barnack, Oscar Scott. For sure. And the very next track, uh, uh -huh. Yuri Kojigama, yeah, yeah. were the two that really I... stood out. Mm -hmm. And they're both about racial injustice. Oscar Barnack was the German engineer who was credited with inventing the first handheld 35mm mm. camera. Oscar Grant 
was killed by a police officer on New Year's Day 2009. Mm. The officer claimed he intended to taser the handcuffed Grant, but drew his mm. pistol by mistake. The camera was recorded by numerous onlookers using mobile phones and other devices. So that so that's the tie-in. Right. You got the guy who invented the camera and this guy whose death was caught on camera. With the but same what name, got yeah. me was this incredibly the intro. unique. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> They're sampling these camera clicks, and at first, it just yes! sounds like noises. It's just kind of like, oh, it sounds like someone's just kind of like looking at their camera and trying to figure stuff out, you know? <laughs> but the way it fucking comes together to make this sick beat, and yeah! I've literally, I've never heard a beat like this before in my life that I was just like, wow. <laughs> and it was just like, holy shit, this is really cool. And this is the type of shit that makes you go like, okay. So where was this creativity? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hire a guy for this? Or because <laughs> like the other beats are fine, man. Yeah, but, but they're like... so just like normie, normcore twenty tens, you know, bigness Kanye yeah. production sound. You know what I mean? Like whenever we get an album that's older, I try to look at it in <laughs> the scope of just okay, how is this hitting me? Well, okay. I'm tr- I, I try not to think of it in 2023 lenses because it's like, what would I have thought about this when it first came out, mm. you know? But, like, I can't help but listen to an album like this. And hear the datedness of it. This is dated. Uh, yeah. But it's like, it wasn't dated when it was made, so it doesn't feel fair to say that. But it's very of its time. Yeah, you I'll can't, just say that. Yeah, you can't you can't act like it's not like because I mean, look, there's a lot of music that will transcend time, and and you can tell. But this it uh, is possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But time is telling on this motherfucker. Um, now I, I do want to talk about Seijun Suzuki real quick, where mm-hmm. like this one was like the the verses were never actually saying anything clever or memorable like this is the one where it just felt like the verses were just falling through my brain where it was just like i feel like he's got a lot of energy but i don't care about each thing that's being said as it's being said you know like it was mm-hmm. one of those things and then um what, what was that oh yeah there's one part near the in the third verse where like he just starts walking around the room or something so it like ruins the sound quality of the take what was that i don't yeah. know and the thing is there's a music video for this and in the music video he like does a thing where he like walks out of frame and then like it just kind of cuts to a bunch of people like looking like they're like running somewhere and then he just kind of comes back into frame when he start when the sound starts getting big again and i'm like okay that's an idea but why? Why? <laughs> like, so that was intentional. That wasn't yeah, right. a mistake. Like, why did that happen? And it's not because like I did wonder. I, I was like, did something happen? Yeah, it's like he had to, you know, sign for something, some mail that just came in. But this is the only take they had, so he just turns away real quick and like, like just sign it real quick and. It- <laughs> And then it's like, oh shit, no, I gotta sign the postage. Oh, okay, all right, fuck. You know? Because <laughs> it was just like, why? Because there was no reason. He was saying, like, high noon fly, like gorilla monsoon. Like, so that wasn't like they're like, oh, you're about to get pushed back or something like that. You know, there was no reason. It was just kind of like, uh, okay. Um, then there was Anna Karina, which, like, this was when I got the most, uh, 
oh, a girl who's got problems, but she's more special than she, you know, the, 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 you know, track six of an atmosphere album, you know, take your pick of which one, you know what I mean? There's, there's always that one song about the girl who's troubled and. Was this one about a sex worker or no? Uh, someone doing heroin, clearly. It, it's one of those. Oh, okay. The music video I, has a, a bit of a thing where it's like, a, oh, I'm a well-dressed man who wants sex from this woman. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I, I can never differentiate because they always paint okay I won't say always but this is 2011 it, it's the runaway love ludicrous sort of like the troubled girl and <laughs> whenever it's a song about a sex worker it's never just a detail that's there or someone who wants to it's always painted in the this person is troubled. They're hard on their luck. It's the like, Hollywood version of sex worker, right? Like it's always fucking, they're going through the worst it's thing. So yeah, yeah. annoying. <laughs> it's like, can y'all please? Yeah. So I, as soon as it was like they talk about heroin, like it just my the wires in my brain got crossed of just like, did they make it about this? Because it feels like whenever anyone does a song like this, it always goes down that road to where, you know. The, the rapper has to be standing off to the side like fucking <laughs> Looking sad, like, Sterling. As he f- slowly fades away in the music video, like, man. Yeah, he has to be the narrator being like, tisk tisk, and it's like, can y'all please fucking shut up? This is the song they do to be like, oh man, but us underground rappers, we're more than just, you know, uh, high-flying acrobatic lyrics. So, like, we talk about serious stuff. We're not misogynistic in the traditional <laughs> sense. <laughs> Oh, just in the just in the paternal sense. Yeah, in the uh, infantilizing oh. women in the can't make up their own choices ways, you know. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I do want to mention the Slick Watts song for a second. We got to give this song a little bit of play because what the. F- fuck is going on like at first i wanted to enjoy this on the uh wh- wh- who are your boys uh, uh uh you know a thousand watts with the you've got little cigarette arms i'm gonna put you in the face because you've got cigarette arms a thousand gex oh yeah uh, hundred gex yeah and, and I, originally i was like hmm i can kind of see where they're going for kind of like a sped up sounds like just like nonsense and it's kind of crazy i and fun. really liked the beat on this one yeah, yeah but then when it dropped and the verse was just calling out places <laughs> like it's it's like one verse is people's names and the other one is just places i was like you really wasted <laughs> one of the more interesting beats on just listing things yeah like when you're just li- like I, I don't understand how anyone's ears or eyes doesn't glaze over as soon as you just hear Oh, a person I don't know, and another person I don't know, and another person I don't know, and another person I don't know. And it's like, I, I don't care. <laughs> like, you know, I get and in your rep in Seattle or wherever specific 30 people that know this, but like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> and you're not yeah. you're not trying to help me know, you know? You're not even doing like the, oh man, you know, down home, we all remember. You know, you're not even giving me the good old feeling. You know, it's just kind of like, don't you remember this? And it's like, no. All Genius gave me was... Eighth record on the album, the song is titled after the popular Seattle Supersonics player Donald yeah. Earl Watts, nicknamed Slick, for his habit to shave his head completely and wear a crooked headband. A basketball okay. player. Is he from, is he, he's from Seattle? Is he? Seattle Supersonics, Okay, yeah. so. But if the whole song is just listing and shouting out people 
Why is Slick Watts important enough to be the name of the song? Does he even like, say what Slick sets him apart? Stop the song. Does he? <laughs> it's so can I? I don't know. I just didn't understand what the point there was. But it's like, okay, are you fine. Are you feeling the cinematic uh, grandness of the music? <laughs> I was just annoyed at how basic it was. Like you yeah. could have named it anything, but I just hated that they wasted. Oh, beat like I ranked this one the lowest out of all of them because it's like you didn't give me anything with this one. It's just we didn't start the fire at this <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, precisely. Uh, so that was especially annoying. And then by the time we get to George Jackson, again, we got the bloopity major key sense where it's just like, okay, this just all feels like bubbly music all the same. Yeah, and this is where I, I wrote down his wait, his name is Prometheus Brown? Prometheus. Like, you sound like a fucking detective. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I think you're more in charge than you think. They want you behind bars, not the ones that you spit. <sighs> you're still rapping to rap. I'm so over that shit. You calling this a rap? Here's a present. In fact, I said... Oh, oh, just, just the fact that he said you're still rapping to rap. Like, dude, the first four tracks of this album were like rapping to rap. Like, get out of here. Don't try to fucking. <laughs> I don't like I hate to feel disrespectful. But it's like, why should I care about you? Like, you know what I mean? Like the problem with a lot of these, I feel like, especially in the 2010s, you know, the sort of writing in my diary journal raps. And I'm so my journal, my journey is so special. You're going to want to hear about it because when my, you know, when, when they tell my story in the history books and it's just like, but what is actually special about you? You know what I mean? Like, and, and there have been people that do that, that actually do make it special. I remember, I think it was actually Sylvian LeCue. I remember liking that guy's record because I remember there being the aspect of it of being like, oh, I want to be famous and I'm giving you these very vivid visuals of what the fame will be like, but then oh, coming crashing down to reality, you know, my mom's knocking on the door and being like, hey, take out the trash. You know, like I could at least be like, oh, I can feel that world for a second. You know, you, you pulled me in. But with a lot of this, it just feels like, like generic platitudes about how in general one day you're going to be, you know, great. And it's like, all right. But then again, we get to the Oscar Barnack infinity symbol Oscar Grant song, <laughs> which fucking incredible fucking blew me away. The camera bit, like we said, best part of the goddamn album. I wrote that down. I was like, okay, well, this is the best part of the album. And then just having that hook, the shoot the cops. And then you could, I swear to God, you could almost hear someone in the background going, Oh, whoa. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, a little bit. We're like, they're kind of like, they didn't, they didn't get briefed on what exactly they meant yet. And so it was just like, Oh dude, are you really doing that type of song? Oh, you mean record them? Oh, I get, <laughs> But yeah, so that was like a legit moment where I was like, oh my god, there's a little, fuck, like more than just the topic of the song, even the production is incredible, you know what I mean? So it's just like, that felt like such a whole package that it was just like, I'm looking at the rest of the album that came before, like it's just like, you can keep the rest of that album, you know? Can we start here with what this album sounds like? And then we get Yuri Kochiyama, which I like well enough, but did you also get the feeling of like, I don't know why she's famous though, like... I looked up other stuff and found out, like, oh, she was an activist who had done all of this incredible stuff. She was standing with, like, you know, uh, Spanish people over here, black people over here. And I was just like, oh, I didn't get that at all from the ver Like, I got that I was just supposed to know that she was an important person. Like, there's one lyric that says, like, oh, she had a free Mumia, uh, uh, you know, stamp or something like that at one point. And I was just like, okay, so I get that she's an important person, but you didn't actually, like 
tell me why you are inspired by her. You know what I mean? It just kind of felt like, oh, like in the second verse, he mentions the, you were there when Malcolm X died. And it's like, okay, like I understand by proxy that she's supposed to be an important person, but I don't understand why you think she's an important person, you know? Like, yeah, it really did make her importance feel tied to Malcolm X yeah. as if she didn't accomplish stuff right, on her own. Right, yeah. And if you're going to make the song about her, yeah, like then why aren't you talking about that? Cuz this is the, this is the only time I'm hearing in my life about this person so far. So why are you not telling me? <laughs> And the chorus is specifically like, I want to be right. like Yuri Kujiyama. <laughs> right. like, well, why then? The whole time I'm thinking why like, though? The whole time I'm thinking like, oh, is this like an ice skater or something? <laughs> and like, you know? Yeah, like you got to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> not, all, not all of us are going to have genius pulled up <laughs> right. leading along, man. And then we get the Ronnie uh, uh, Mukherjee, which like this one just sounded the weirdest of all of them. The most like hmm. just jarring in terms of like you have these weirdly breezy cellos that don't feel like they fit with the really young sounding singer like it sounds like uh, you know his you know uh, uh japanese sister that actually like just came from japan was like hey i want to do a hook and like she's just kind of singing the thing and this is like okay but we kind of had like a mood we were going for could you sing it more like you know you're kind of like being like you know kind of cool like no i'm just gonna sing it like i'm really happy and hyped up on sugar <laughs> you know it just kind of feels like like the song is supposed to be about like respect this woman but then when it gets to the hook, she's like hey da, 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 da. <laughs> and it's like i feel like i'm listening to like an anime opening theme song and i'm like i thought is this about an indian woman like you know like i was just so confused i was digging tommy chong Yes. At first. I, I did enjoy it, especially with how he starts. I was like, hey, when you're balling or broke, you want to find the most high, just follow the smoke. Like, I was like, ah, you know, a little intro line, yeah. Yeah, I, I liked what he was doing with it. Another song, like, about something. Yeah, it was just a talking topic. About, yeah, just talking about weed and how integral it was and how politicized it got and all that. Yeah, and ending it with the, I mean, not the greatest punchline, but just kind of doing the George Washington himself probably smoked the chronic. Now his face gets exchanged for this shit. Ironic. It was one of those things where I was like. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. It's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's not ironic, but I, I get what you mean. No. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's not what irony is. But, uh, okay, I'm not going to be an internet guy right now. <laughs> like, I'm trying not to, but. Uh, <laughs> I do got to say, though. Your boy Macklemore brought the score down. Oh, yeah. Look. <laughs> I was actually rocking with it until Macklemore's verse with his, Why you playing hacky sack in a field, Ben? Yeah. You need Visine. Your eyes are real red. Wiz Khalifa's gonna but, fuck your girlfriend. Yeah. What? <sighs> but, like... What the fuck was that? I think he started off okay. We were saying, like, talking about like the typical symptoms of getting high like oh i'm paranoid oh what the fuck's going on and and i like how he kind of ends with saying like hey you know do everything in moderation like there was a little bit of something in there you know i like that there, it was about something after a while but yeah there was just like one or two just too much there was a little too much macklemore goofiness in it like it, we got a little too too much brad pitt's cousin in this one yep. and it's like, yep. that's like the lowest like i i like my macklemore goofy but not too goofy because when he leans into it he he fucking falls all the way in <laughs> and then we just try to wrap it up with finn as if we carried this movie <laughs> motif the whole album. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Con I, now, I recorded this at the end, so... <laughs> no, it's like, now, I recorded this before we started, so I'm assuming the process went well. <laughs> What'd you give this? I, I got a three. Uh, I gave it two and a half, yeah. 
We just got back from Creator Clash 2 and uh Hacksaw Hacksaw Jim Duggan was there. Oh my god. Yeah, John Morrison. Yeah, it was he was fighting Harley from Epic Meal Time and then you know, everyone at Creator Clash was there for uh, like, you know, YouTubers and content creators, Twitch streamers for the most part. And uh, no one knew who Hacksaw Jim Duggan was, which is understandable, by the way. Like, I don't expect them to know In that. In 2023, yeah. Yeah, but but it was kind of funny because it was just like everyone was like, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And then we look over and you just see this kind of elderly man holding a <laughs> two by four, just thrusting it in the air going, oh, and like everyone is just kind of confused. But I'm sitting there in wonderment. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, that's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. A USH hit should have broke out immediately exactly it did not it did not happen no it's because he didn't have the flag i take it Uh, yeah that was it (laughs) (laughs) they didn't know to chant see i saw a lot of people had uh people coming out with them like i saw alana had some cosplayers come out with her i saw aaron had a tupperware remix party come out in full costume i don't love boxing per se i don't really find it like super entertaining but i love the whole presentation and the pageantry of all of it because that's very pro wrestling to me and that speaks to me on a personal level did morrison do the slow motion uh pose when he came out i believe he did but i gotta say harley kind of smoked him oh yeah he did oh not in the fight he lost real bad in the fight but he smoked him in the presentation the pageantry oh yeah sorry yeah his entrance his entrance he smoked him because he came down through the crowd and it was a very like uh Oh, shit, like Sandman used to. Yeah, it was very ECW vibes. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, it was really now sick. Now I'm going to have to see that. Yeah, I posted it on my story. I'll send it to you. Also, he got it. he fell out of the ring at one point during the fight onto the reporter's desk. That was yeah. pretty fire. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, we got to watch it again, you know, uh, right up by the ring. And last year I watched the first Creator Clash event live. And uh, I got to say that this one was even better than last year. And it was very entertaining. And it seems like everyone's getting a better understanding of like how to approach this. I think first year there were way more people taking it too seriously in terms of uh, I think it's fine to take it seriously. Don't get me wrong. But I think if you are an entertainer, lean into that as well. You know, play to your strengths. Make this the reason we watch wrestling right is because of the pageantry and here you have like a roster of like this is like the marvel universe equivalent of influencers you know what i mean so like make the best of it really like lean into the entertainment factor and um yeah it was great yeah it was it was super sick as soon as I saw Markiplier and Jacksepticeye were the commentators and the videos of your boys, uh, Matt and Ryan, doing their thing, I was like, okay, yeah, I think they've got this figured out now. <laughs> yeah, I actually sat super close to uh, Markiplier. Like, my seat was like, like, he was one row above me or ahead of me. I think he, like, stepped away oh, from commentary for a minute because of... Uh, Someone that he was really rooting for. I can't remember which one it was at the time, but he was uh, um, uh, he he went actually sat in the crowd and I remember looking and I was like, oh, shit, that's Markiplier. But like, I didn't you know, I've never like really watched Markiplier. I just thought it was like kind of funny. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know you were such a Markiplier fan. 
I actually I'm a hidden Markiplier stan. I love I love his videos on FNAF. Yeah. Question dude. mark. All the FNAF. <laughs> Golden Freddy, am I right? Yeah, that. Yeah, I know what that is. He was the <laughs> guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's just a theory. A game <gasps> theory. Is, that's him, right? Yeah, that. <laughs> I can never remember these guys' <laughs> names. names. Yeah, that's him. He's <laughs> yeah, he's the now, game theory guy. Yeah. Now I really want to see. I don't know how this is related, but I want to see Matt Pat take on. Oh God! Why can't I think of his name right now? It's like it's just a one-word thing. The number fifteen. Oh, guy. number fifteen. Are you talking about chills? chills? I want to see Matt Pat versus Chills. I yeah. would love to see that. I would pay a lot of money to see Chills and and Matt Pat fight. Yeah. I think we need like I I don't know how Creator Clash works. Is it like <laughs> I I, I kind of get a vision that it's almost like Smash. Like these content creators are just chilling and that random letter just appears on their desk and they're like, oh my God, I've been invited to Creator Clash. Like, how, how are fighters even selected for this thing in the first place? Like, do they have to be like, hey, I want to fight or does Creator Clash be like, hey, uh, are you interested in doing this? They have like their list. They reached out to me for this year uh, to, oh, as a shit. participant, but I turned him down. Um, I... I think it depends. They they just kind of like have different weight classes that they try to fill. This is the most random thing. I, I was looking up Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy KRS one impression because it crossed my mind. Don't what? ask. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But never mind that because I want to know how we got there because I'm ADHD as hell and I'm trying to figure out like what road sent you down there. There, there was some podcast. The I was second listening. we started talking about Creator Clash, RC's eyes rolled back. <laughs> And he just started, just, just started Googling. I was like, I'm like, I'm going to let this conversation happen. You know, we're just chilling, back and relaxing. And, and then I was just like, wait, there was a podcast I was listening to. I, was talking, I wonder if I can find that, like, Eddie Murphy. There was some podcast I heard that mentioned, like, Eddie Murphy doing a really good Karis one impression, but I can't remember if they actually got it. And then I come across what I feel like as I was Googling it is Ke Kevin Smith's iTunes celebrity playlist from when he was doing Clerks 2. And the reason why I came across that was because I was looking up Eddie Murphy and Karis One, and then I, I I saw the the sentence: "If you get a stiff one for wordplay and language, a Karis One track is like porn." And I'm like, "Wait, who wrote this?" <laughs> and then I was like, "Is this actually Kevin Smith's fucking?" That reads like Kevin yes. Smith's dialogue one hundred percent. I just had to be like, "Wait," <laughs> I just had a record just like, "Is this actually? Is this actually?" I just wanted to show you guys just real quick. We can get right back to it. I just want to make sure that I'm actually seeing this, and this isn't just like a fever dream I just ran across. Okay. <laughs> Kevin Smith's iTunes celebrity pot, uh, playlist. During the Clerks 2 theatrical release, I was supposed to do one of those iTunes celebrity playlists. The collection of song choices, explanation, blah, blah, blah. So, th th so this is him, right? This is him writing this? Yeah, sure looks like it. Because I was looking at some of these comments and I'm like, what in the fuck? <laughs> James Brown, Anthrax, Alanis Morissette, Bill Hicks. This bon feels Jovi. like a Kevin Smith playlist, yes. Kevin Smith listening to Straight Outta Compton and his commentary on it is, Jesus, do these guys need a hug? <laughs> That's all he had to say. <laughs> Did you expect deep analysis from Kevin Smith? The only thing I take issue with... straight out of Compton or fuck the police by <laughs> NWA. Right, right. Is that a legitimate thing that you thought was possible? 
the one Prince song he picked was from the Love Symbol album. And RC, I know this is, I know I'm kind of in my. Um, oh, you're in your Prince uh, Renaissance over there. More importantly to the show, I'm in my shitting on 90s Prince era right now. <laughs> oh, no. And really, the Love Symbol album is the one you're going to pick a song from. Fucking Prince and the New Power Generation over the Revolution. Is that All from right. where he was like making that weirdo movie from with him, and so he clearly has a bias towards like that song in particular? You know, it's after that, I think. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you just reminded me that, um, and I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time on this, but as soon as Rav was like, it, it was really Rav's tone of voice <laughs> reminded me. That I just watched um, ContraPoints' new video yesterday about the uh, witch trials of J.K. Rowling. And in it, talks about that um, amongst the celebrities trying to, like, rehabilitate Megan Phelps Roper from the Westboro Baptist Church image. Kevin Smith was one of them. I don't remember that. Wait, what is this? Megan Phelps Roper of the Ropers, not from Three's Company or the show The Ropers, (laughs) but from... Uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, uh, some years ago, was like, yeah, I don't dig this scene anymore. I'm out of here. And made a whole big thing about, like, you know, leaving the church and going out on her own. And one of the celebrities who was there to try to, like, rehabilitate her image was uh, was Kevin Smith. And according to the ContraPoints video, he said it was because she was hot. And it's like, you know what? That's Dude. about what I expect from <laughs> Kevin Smith, honestly. That, that's so... Like, <laughs> you don't need much more than that, I guess. Kevin Smith feels like a try-hard-to-sound-like-just-like-an-everyday-guy type of thing, right? Where it's just like, uh, that, I, I mean, I definitely hope that, am I right? That's what, I, that's what the everyday guy would want to say, you know? Like, <laughs> I like that guy. I couldn't tell if that was a Kevin Smith or a... Um, uh, my brain just completely shut off. The other guy that laughs... <laughs> Seth uh, Rogen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm glad you're able to pick that up on my very minimal explanation. <laughs> the guy who laughs? <laughs> That's all I said. You know, the other guy that laughs. And yeah, you were right that there. Was enough. Seth Rogen. That was enough for Bill to be like, oh yeah, the uh, only you. other second guy. He is guy the man who laughs. laughs. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Definitely not the now, first guy that laughs, but he's, he's, oh, no, 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 he's no. younger. Wait, so. let's get through Yeah, what you guys are saying, but I do want to bring up, I do want to talk about the Super Mario movie for a second because there is some musical uh, chatter about that. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I will... I've only seen tiny clips scrolling on TikTok because, like, every fifth person live on TikTok is bootleg streaming the movie. Uh, like, live streaming on TikTok. It looks like absolute dog shit. Uh, I I actually, I lied. I did watch the entirety of the movie, but it was sped up over the course of a a minute and 30 seconds on on Twitter. And I wanted to. You did do that. He actually did. I wanted to say I watched the movie. Yeah. (laughs) You sped run Mario. I watched the movie. Super Mario the movie. <laughs> it looks it looks cute. It looks there's some it, it looks cute. That's all I gotta say. I like the uh, art style. That's yeah. that's all I know. It, it's so clearly a we've got this really cool world and all these references we can make and 
do you actually want like a coherent story or did you want to just us to get to the things and then get us out of the thing at the end? Like, because we, we can just do that. We, we get like, basically it was the, the, the original Super Mario Brothers movie plot, except like, honestly, even more scripted down because it was like, oh, we, uh, Luigi, we got to go fix this thing underground. And then it's like, what? It's taking us. It's taking us to another world, except we're not even going to do like the, oh, there's a gym or whatever the fuck. It's literally just like, hey, look at that portal over there. No, no, he got sucked into it. Like, it's literally just that simple. And then I guess you're, I'm a part of the rebellion that's happening. I, am I, are you, Pete, Princess Peach, are you the good guy? I don't know. You're a pretty blonde woman, so I guess you're the good guy. You know, like, it's, it's literally, there's no, like, it's just like, you're here now and you can help us because you're from Earth and I think I'm from Earth. Is this Earth? I don't know. But anyway, we got to stop Bowser from getting a star. I don't know why you care about this, but. I mean, to be completely, I'll be real. I'm of the opinion and this is like, I don't know what the name of this camp is, but if I had to title it, I would call it the I don't give a shit camp. Uh, and this is Mario where he eats mushrooms to get bigger, eats flowers to shoot fire, goes down pipes and fights turtles. I kind of don't really care for like a, a narrative. He, he, he did all of the things that, that no he needed to do. Plot, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I kind fulfilled. of, I actually feel yeah. like I kind of just imagine that the world building visually and sonically needs to f- make up for the absence of like coherence narrative wise otherwise i get you, know? you on that having it be more of like a jean-luc godard it's about the you know <laughs> the aesthetics of what the the the, the thing is you know symbolizing uh, yeah. for the original whatever callback that that wasn't as uh, thought out as i thought it was gonna be but you get the idea <laughs> no i see what you're saying i've heard the criticism i've heard of the movie is that there's like a few moments where the music that was yes. used was... that actually does get annoying where it was just like it'll literally just like switch to take on me and i'll just like have it and apparently that was a last minute change like apparently there was like the composers actually composed something for that scene and then they had they switched it out with take on me because i i guess someone was like hey i think that's going to be funnier or that's going to be more recognizable yeah, and it's such an illumination like thing because it's like you're watching the movie and I had that moment where like you hear the orchestral score that has a lot of personality to it that's like riffing on the Mario music and you're like, Oh, this is really cool. I can't wait to hear it this just the whole goes time. To and- show, man. Like they still don't take it seriously. Like still a lot of people in this industry don't take the world of video yeah. game music, for instance, seriously it, enough like- where it's just a it, it's like yeah, that yeah it's just this... the, t- the effort and talent and work that it takes to to come up with this. Yeah, shit. and they have like my goat on there. They have Koji Kondo. Like yeah, he's dude, like one of the greatest. Fucking yeah. like like one of the most iconic fucking soundtrack. Like made so many soundtracks for so many good games. And and the thing that... is, there's nothing wrong with having like a, like a couple of like oh here's a little like song reference here. But it's like it has to make sense. Literally, the only reason why you could pull why the music star- of Take on Me starts playing is because one of the gorillas is wearing like a white maybe sort of Miami Vice 80s looking suit like that's my problem with it it doesn't make sense if it was like a all right take on me like you know I'm gonna take you on you're gonna take on me like maybe if there was some sort of joke no, 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 you know that's still a bad excuse yeah, to me. I, I feel like that's still that's still fucking forced you don't need to do all that again you have a good IP to work with stick to the IP there's so there's a plethora of creativity within it and and yet, because you don't have enough respect for the medium, you keep reaching outwards for like, well, this has worked with our other like cartoons that we've made and things like yeah, that. People are gonna clap and, and point when they hear the song, so yeah, the parents yeah, are gonna wake like, up and hear that. that one. They'll yeah. sing along. 
Yeah. As soon as I saw that they didn't credit Grant Kirkhope for the DK rap, I was like, uh, oh, I saw that. Uh, yeah, and they play it too. That's so shitty. I saw that like, shit. That's crazy. And even he tweeted about it. He was just like, wow, I was told DK rap was going to be in the movie. And then I just see that the credit is just from Donkey Kong 64. No writers yeah, or anything sucks. in the credits. It's just, hey, you know, that's what it is. And I know we talked about this when Space Jam came out, that it was basically just we got all these IPs and they're making movies now just to be Easter egg hunts. Oh, oh look forward to the Kirby movie and, and, and the Star Fox movie all leading to the Super Smash Brothers universe. <laughs> all right. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? The I Avengers. just want a Karnov movie, man. That's all I'm asking for. I'm asking for some representation for the lesser known NES titles. He also oh. spit fire, but he was like a he was like a carnival weightlifter. That would be a tough pitch, I think, right? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. He could have been in the Mario movie. They just put every fucking NES title, just cram them in there and have me sit there on my couch and go, haha, look, I recognize that there's there's Rygar, there's there's Karnov. That's the only games I recognize. There's Beetle. Why does it sound sad? <laughs> Yeah, like it just like <laughs> it I look, I it sounds like your life is flashing before your eyes and you're about to die. <laughs> there goes Karnov. Oh, there he is. There goes I remember Hollywood flashing a fever it's dream before our eyes as he's slowly going to the mist. All of my memories. Remember your childhood? There goes Remember? <laughs> just keep giving us your money. Remember? <laughs> Yeah, no, that sounds great. I love it. I, I think I've said this before in the show that I'm of the mentality these days where I don't think movies need to be movies in quotes. They, they don't need I mean? to fulfill the, like, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. We don't need to follow the three-act structure right. of the introduction, the fall, and then the rise back at the end. Quentin Tarantino's writing that, destroyed you know? all that in the 90s. Come on, we we blew it all up. <laughs> we If you have a Mario movie and the whole point of it is to go bright colors, fun characters, Jack fucking Black and Charlie goddamn Day. Let's go. <laughs> That's my favorite all you choices. Look, yeah, my fucking indeed. gay ass is over here looking at the trailer of the Barbie movie and being like, look, I am looking forward to that. That, right. <laughs> that is slap. what I want movies to fucking be. Just nonstop, stupid shit. Unapologetic stupid shit. Yeah, like, yeah. It, don't try to be know, like, oh, we're justifying it because this is why Han Solo has the dice. Uh, because, uh, like, fuck that. Just have know, fun. I think <laughs> the reality it's a, is it's, it's not, I don't think it comes from a place of, like, overthinking criticism. I think it more mm. so comes from a place of trying to, create a product that will confidently sell hit the and, four quadrants basically yeah. yeah and this is why you start having these cookie cutter ass movies after a while because like once you do figure out a formula then it's a matter of just like refining it why would you break out of it when it's yeah. anything outside of that is not a guarantee now you might say like well what about like the 
you know, like the creative spirit, like of fulfilling that, isn't that important? Yes, but these aren't the creative spirits aren't the ones in charge of this industry. Yeah, they're, they're followers they're the ones, at the end of the day. They're not Hollywood the ones that are followers. funding this industry. The people who are funding this industry want to make more and more money. Right. And, and they go like, what already worked? Exactly. <laughs> what already worked? Yeah. <laughs> Real shit. This is why a lot of like, you know, like we all know that like, aha, pop music, whatever generation it's in, there will a lot of, there'll be a lot of stuff that sounds similar because it's formulaic, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's because if it's something works, it works. And so people... People Everyone wants to be that. like, oh, if I can just emulate that, then I can have the number one hit. You know, yeah. I want to throw this out there just as it came to my brain. Um, so one of my favorite things of like the like capitalist, uh, like this is a big movie and uh, here's uh, here's the intro is the like mm. retooling of songs that already exist, but like an epic version of it. Oh, for the God. Yeah, the slowed have down, you, sad version. Of have it. I told y'all about my crazy idea? Because I have a banger. No. Why? Okay? So a horror movie, right? Mm. Is fucking like super like like crazy ambient noises and Do shit. Out of there. Blah, like low bass and stuff. Mm. And then you just hear. Going down, down, baby. <laughs> in a I'm ready to let it go this summer. That's what How I want. It's already happened. It hasn't happened yet. I've been looking. <laughs> Get ready to shimmy, shimmy <laughs> your cocoa pot. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That I want a trailer where it's just pitch black and you hear the really sappy over dramatic piano just going ding 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 ding, ding. and then it just dun, dun, like super mario world 2 orchestra <laughs> Choir. If they the knew choir, what they were doing yeah. making that Soldier Boy movie that we watched, RC, <laughs> that would have been the fucking trailer for yeah, Have you seen the Soldier Boy movie? It's so no. pathetic. Yo, we fucking watched this goddamn thing for a uh, for a collab review way, mm. way, way back in the day. Like, honestly, at this point, probably a decade ago. Oh my god, yeah. Honest. And it's just, it's this documentary style movie that's like, just like about Soldier Boy's rise to power i guess like Internet i don't know power superstardom. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well his rise it, to domination right. i forgot when he like got into the white house yeah, and yeah. shit yeah <laughs> oh you just need man down. you shook obama's hand no i've been tuning that out i guess yeah yeah when, when him and obama did a collab duet of speakers going bammer i'll never forget that <laughs> no let yeah. me be clear let, let, let that me be clear <laughs> <laughs> nah, and we do apologize to Soldier Boy for putting him in the same sense as a, a terrorist. So I, I'm not trying to bring it back around to this, but I still have the View Askew oh, page yeah. <laughs> open with Kevin Smith's uh, playlist. Two things I wanted to note real quick. First of all, he has Public Enemy, Welcome to the Terror Dome. Yeah. But the album is listed as 20th Century's Masters, the best of Public Enemy. Like... Oh, I don't want the album version. I want the greatest hits version. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. What the hell is that? I mean, maybe it's a, uh, you know, maybe it's just because the the master, the remaster on that 
has oh. p- plus one LUFs well, on it. The it's, thing that's it's really, really such an audio file, he can tell the difference. Yeah, he is. He is. He seems to be that kind of guy. Well, the thing that's really throwing me off is that it's like, this is supposed to be the Clerks 2 theatrical release. This is your iTunes celebrity playlist. This is what he's supposed to be using for that. And it's like, KRS-1? Like, who's associating KRS-1? philosophy, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like, that's not your fucking, you know, aesthetic. You know what I mean? Like, It's just a matter of probably, like, what he listened to when he was in college or something. I, yeah, I feel like yeah. probably, probably, or maybe it was just kind of a thing where he just didn't understand the assignment, and yeah. I don't think people really cared, right? So it's just like, people are just like, oh, hell yeah, I love Kevin Smith. What does he listen to? I bet it's good. Also, who expects that, like, oh, man, I, I really want to know what Kevin Smith listens to. I'm sure it's just some heat, man. Oh, oh yeah. Some heat, man. Well, what's weird? Some fucking heat. Well, what's <laughs> weird is that there's like, music and comedy specials on here. So it's like, well, wait. Yeah, there's, um, there's, <laughs> there's random Bill Hicks and George, George Carlin, Carlin. Which I guess makes sense because he at least worked with him, but. but what, okay. And David Cross. <laughs> He just yeah. took his playlist that he listens to when he flies places. And yeah. Just like, there it is. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Again, like, he strikes me as a person who just is like a normie right like uh, in a very traditional sense he's probably just like consumes Mm. things in a very casual way you know what i mean rather than like oh dude this guy no this guy like sitting there and breaking that same fucking old krs1 song down over and over he wasn't uh you know working on the the shitting on someone scene in that uh zach and mary make a porno movie and going like yo Yo, I think that full force ain't my type of hype is gonna it's gonna be what just soundtrack the shit perfectly. I don't yeah, think exactly. that way, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna assume that that we're probably the only people who ever actually read this article. By <laughs> yeah, the way, like, you look down, this has gotten uh, two hits. <laughs> <laughs> if it has the guest book, I'm not a gambling <laughs> man, but I'd bet on that. Yeah, me too. But I'm I'm just going by that when me. And a girl who I was seeing in 2006, I convinced her to go see Clerks 2 with me in the movie theater. Oh, and we, romantic. We were two of, I want to say, six people there. So I'm going to say that maybe it didn't really get the worldwide appeal. All six of you were <laughs> thinking the exact same thing. You were thinking to yourself, damn. What kind of music does Kevin Smith listen to? <laughs> this guy sounds uh, like he's off the chain. I've never actually seen uh, Clerks 2. I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen the it's third one It's not either. as good as the first one. Not, not necessarily essential watching. <laughs> oh, I, and if I you really like that, you gotta watch Clerks 3. <laughs> no. No, I don't. <laughs> I've just seen the scene where... Haven't. The scene where they uh, do the... Like Star Wars versus um, Lord, Lord of the, the Rings, Rings oh, yeah, conversation because yeah. that was like a thing. I, don't remember, like, As someone, I didn't like either that. of them, so I was just kind of like, "All right, I'm fine with this." <laughs> Let them I, fight. I think, it's a, I think it's a funny scene, like the idea of just two, because it's such a like a, a thing that I would see like my friends arguing about. Oh, this is oh, such yeah. an IMDb conversation. Yeah, this is so 2000s core. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, but the um the other thing this this playlist reminded me of because he has a a live track from Run DMC. Uh, yeah, a live here. track. And um, well, see that specifically reminded me. I was very curious about one very specific sample that I've heard in so many songs. Just that, oh yeah, 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As we all go, oh yeah. I've heard it in so many things. And, and hey. I was finally like, I need to find out what this is. And it's just one of the dudes at the beginning of a live, uh, like a live seven inch that Run DMC put out. They're just talking to the audience. And it's so weird to just hearing it just in the Naturally. middle. Just like, wait, no, where yeah, is the clip? Have you found it? How See? y'all feel out there? Oh, yeah. On who sampled? It seriously had it listed as being sampled in like 3,000 songs or something <laughs> yeah, crazy was, like that. It's like the Amen break of like weird ad lib like, sounds. Who, like, you have to yeah. be like, who was the first person who found it and who was the second person? You know, like who was the first person who was like, I'm just going to do this and they just like didn't think twice about it. And who was the second person who was like, hey, did you ever notice the... I want to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I always want to know, like, what happened at that moment where it just started, you know? I think also it'd probably be disputed. I'm sure there's, like, a lot of people use that sample around the exact same time. But it's like, because it's not like a hit song. It's like the beginning of a... You know, a live track like that's so weirdly specific. You know, I feel like that's actually like more in line with like most sampling stuff, right? No, because yeah, it's like yeah, you don't DJs, use, yeah. Especially like like around that era, it's like that's when probably like what like ninety five, ninety six. That's like when people started getting clapped, like really clapped for sample the, shit. Yeah, right? these are like proto. Yeah, it's like proto memes basically yeah. in terms of like them putting the little oh, remember that sample? I just threw it in there, and if you know hip hop, you'll get it. Yeah, saying oh the song it's. Actually Actually, the song that Kevin Smith has in his celebrity playlist is the one with the "oh yeah." Oh, thank God! What if what if he just likes it because of that? Wait, oh, so that is one of them. That's not someone in the audience. That's actually one of them, right? Because that sounds yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really prominent. No, oh, okay. I thought it was just like on the mic. I thought it was someone in the crowd. Like no, that would be crazy. It would have been hysterical. But yeah, no, yeah. It's just one if of the it was dudes. just like fifty years later, that person gets like interviewed. Like, yeah, I just remembered. I, I, I just remembered that. I just randomly shouted, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> and then it was like, "Wait, that's me." <laughs> imagine, imagine that happening though. Like in a, if it was in a crowd, and then you hear your voice <laughs> on like three thousand hip hop songs uh, and there's like no ridiculous. way to prove it was you yeah. You know? yeah because you can't replicate it like oh no really like, i'll do it again here and you, it doesn't you gotta sound. feel it's like the guy on the nirvana like album cover he's like just like i'm famous but for <laughs> does this my like, fame matter he's like on a date trying to uh, trying to impress somebody like yeah that was me you know oh you hear that yeah that's me yeah like the exact number is it was sampled in 866 songs wow which is and still that's just the ones yeah, that are yeah. rep- reported though there's probably a lot. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, I know that because I've used that sample before. <laughs> yeah, they had, they had that <laughs> one down. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, yeah Bad who sampled. Uh, no, the, the, the one I remember it being in was in uh, B-Boy Booyah Bass. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, oh, 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 yeah. Which also samples my philosophy. Another song from Kevin Smith's celebrity playlist. It's just okay, a who sampled uh, like Narc Page. That's all. <laughs> <it is. Yeah. laughs> Kevin Smith and, is the. You know, okay, I'm of two minds, right? It's, like, it's, it's on one side where you're just like, but you want to know, you got to find out. You know what I'm saying? Like the mysteries of you know the catacombs of music. On the other hand, it's like, yeah, man, but they're gonna get the shit suit out of them if you find out. The- <laughs> Uh, we we gotta have a secret website. There's gotta be like a Discord. That's what we gotta do. We just gotta have a private hip hop Discord where we, we share it there. I mean, like, I think copyright law needs to change, right? Because oh, sure. the idea behind like 
something like uh, who sampled uh, or whatever it's called. Like the idea is cool for nerds who are interested in that kind of shit, yeah. right? But in practice, a real artist get public uh, get punished. By labels and get punished yeah, by money bugs who don't give a shit about the artistic like, expression. It's just like ah, we caught you giving exactly, money. Like, <laughs> yeah. So for, because of that, places like who sampled are like by most of us artists are fucking despised. Mm. We hate them because it's like the police, it's the snitches, mm. it's the the places where they go and like potentially get us into mm. trouble. Which it wouldn't be if the copyright law wasn't what it is. Right. Instead, it would just be an informative place for like, oh shit, isn't it cool that they sampled this and that? But instead, it, we're we're all like, shh, shut up, don't 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 <laughs> yeah, right. shush, because because we're worried that the motherfucker who hold all the capital within this industry might want to fucking squeeze the remaining little underground corners for all the profits that they can find within and, them And too, let's be real, because like these are nature. a bunch of like old motherfuckers who are slow to shit and don't realize what the fuck, you know, is happening most of the time. So when they finally figure out like, oh wait, oh, you can just go to that website? Well, then we'll just go through that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I don't even think it's like that. I think a lot of times that they like just wait until things hit a certain threshold. Mm. Like, I think that they're more hip than we... Uh, I, I think, get you on that, I yeah. think now that's more the case, but I think for the longest time, it was the case that they weren't hip. Now they are, and I think they're just finding, you know, like, they're adapting new ways of, like, cornering Yeah, I mean, I've heard, you know, all about how they're, like, you know, oh, you know, sampling for the industry, but not for thee, where it's like, oh, we've got all these things set up because it's our uh, company, and, we like, we already own these songs. So we're basically having all these... Uh, you know, remix productions, assembly lines set up to be like, oh, hey, let's just remix that song you already know and that song you already know. So it's kind of like they've commodified sampling to be like, oh, yes, you can sample from the UMG label and make it really generic and a pop song that you already know. Yeah, no but we don't even need yeah, to do no that. In, but even that is outdated. Yeah. Watch, watch. In a year or two, even that, all of that is just going to be like a, a thing of the past because now what they're doing is they're going to individual artists and they're buying people's publishing rights to songs and catalogs. You might have seen this, right? Also... Uh, there are only three, I believe, now entities that own all of the music industry, comparatively to like the six or whatever when I was born, right? Um, so it's an oligopoly. Um, but AI, we've seen that AI is becoming very impressive very quickly. Again, on its own, in a, not in a capitalist framework, AI getting better is awesome. Maybe we can get things done easier. We can streamline certain services. We can make our Level lives easier. Level the playing easier. field for, for the field given of injury, where we yeah. exist, it's a, yeah, it's a way for people with all the capital to find ways to like uh, take control of all the all the profits in every kind of corner. So, my, I, how familiar are you guys with that Drake and Weekend AI song? That recently came no, out. I, I hadn't heard about, about that. that one. On the last episode, we talked about the the Eminem lawsuit that his record label or whatever was suing because someone had taken the Eminem voice AI and recorded a song with it, and they were basically and credited him. Yeah, they were basically arguing oh. like Eminem did not. Consent yeah. to have his voice used in yes. this way. Yeah, yeah. I, well, my prediction is as time moves on, labels will care less about uh, royalty stipulations within contracts and instead uh, replace them with IP. Um, people, I think, labels will seek out to own other artists' IP so that they could own your voice, your thing, your writing style, so that they can then feed it to AI. 
and then with AI they can produce an infinite uh, su uh, supply of samples, right? They can make any kind of music for anyone to sample. You just type in it into a prompt, and voila, there it is. All that you need to do is pay a subscription fee, and they take a percentage of your publishing for any song that you make using their music. But the music that they create, this is, again, this is not the individuals creating this music. They're just buying existing catalogs, feeding AI this catalog, this IP, this... the. Uh, this talent for it to regurgitate and uh, reappropriate it and it's going to at first I think it's going to effectively wipe out a lot of TV OST composers it's going to wipe out a lot of video game OST composers movie video game composers and then shortly afterwards around the same time it's going to I mean Chad GPT with enough training is probably going to replace uh, the workforce in terms of songwriting on labels which is a huge part of the workforce on labels so uh, it's just gonna, that's what's going to continue to happen they're going to try to own everything possible including uh, oh you want to sample things you can infinite amount but you know it's them they are at every step of the music industry they want to co uh, corner each single angle yeah and that's that's what they've continuously have done and what are you supposed to do there is nothing that you as an individual can do i i you know i always thought it was funny i've always had motherfuckers in my life homies who'd be like yeah you know what i need to just launch my own app take my music off of spotify and apple get it over there and just like yeah man it's gonna be my own business i'm gonna pop off like that and it's you know it's a ridiculously childish and naive uh a perspective to have and I'm glad that now we actually have an example of it failing a huge example as some of you might know Snoop uh, is the owner of Death Row Records he bought Death Row he bought all of the catalog and one of the first things he did upon acquisitioning Death Row he took it off of all digital uh, streaming platforms started his own app and uploaded it there and i told bill then and even he knew it was like every i feel like anyone who understands how these things works was like oh this is gonna fail and he's gonna have to put the music back up on uh streaming platforms a few months later lo and behold exactly what happened if snoop dogg tupac and dr dre catalogs on their own cannot amass a loyal audience outside of this yeah. dis distribution companies how are you as a nobody in your bedroom supposed to cultivate a, a fan base effectively i feel like if snoop can't do it nobody can do it exactly you know what i mean i mean even look at even look at like what jay-z did look at what jay-z did with title right because like people still use title but it's like such a smaller percentage than any other stream streaming service and it's cool i'm so surprised title still it's thing. still not as good as like napster and a few other ones but yeah yes. is it weird that and napster Apple. actually pays out the best i know like if you get your music placed on like peloton it's like you get paid like a dollar fifty or something crazy yeah. for every stream but that's kind of different yeah, but like, um, but like, if you have, uh, like, like Napster, it's uh, kind of ironic that like Napster was known for pirating music at first, and now it actually pays their artists higher than any other DSP. <laughs> it's kind of a necessity. I feel yeah, like course, you know, because yeah. no one's using it, so it's one of their only parts of their pitch. <laughs> you for know? sure, for sure. That can be enticing. I'm about to download Napster. Just kidding. Spotify yeah. fucking rocks. <laughs> yeah, Spotify, yeah, Spotify rocks. Apple Apple's uh, pays good, but I still prefer Spotify's. Yeah, app. if they fix their algorithm and their UI, it will be so much better. The UI looks much better now.
I hate how shitty Spotify is apparently with its payouts because I, I at this point I couldn't imagine using a different streaming app than Spotify. Yeah, but that's kind of how this shit works, man. You know, this is it's a monopolized thing. The reality is, it's like we need you guys to continue to use Spotify because that is the most frequently accessed marketplace within the music industry. But on the other hand, we have no bargaining power in terms of how much we get paid of our money. In fact, most of your cent, Spotify takes most of that cent and gives it to the three corporate entities that own all of the music industry. So even though we are independent artists, that aren't signed to any of these labels and are operating on our own our money portions of our money is still going to these industries and there's again there's nothing that you can do there is as an individual you have no bargaining power and this industry is set up to force you to be hyper individualistic in the first place so the the idea of like somehow us the workforce the labor force the music all of us somehow unionizing uh, anytime soon just seems too far-fetched given how fragmented we are we are as the labor force it feels like we're all sitting in our rooms pushing music through a hole in the wall and every now and then some change comes out of the ceiling for us like and we're like well this sucks and it's not enough but I have if I don't do this then I have nothing else like you either operate within this established system or you just don't and even if you don't you will not operate at all. Yeah, it's like you have to play the game. Like it's like if you don't play you're the game, if you do, you do it. If you don't, yeah, exactly. Like if it's like uh, the it's weird to me because like sometimes I'll like not put stuff up on streaming services because like obviously like it'll be like a sample I can't get cleared or I'll just like rap over someone else's beat like just for like SoundCloud or YouTube or whatever the thing is, and it's just like the first. It's like it makes me not even want to do it because I, the f- first comment all the time is like, man, wish this was on Spotify. You know what I mean? It's like you have to. Uh, uh, you have to play the game to like satiate people and you know so it's a you know it's just how it is is an unfortunate truth but I mean we're lucky we're still the lucky ones where because our we're fortunate enough to get the place that we do it it pays the bills you know though yeah. that still pays the bills and we have the ability to tour and we have the ability to sell merch we kind of bypasses having to use spotify as a middleman someone else cutting your money up it really depends on kind of uh you know what kind of deals your agency works out with the venues there are definitely ways to slice that pie that is fair and there's definitely ways that aren't uh and there's different rules for different size bands as well, you know. Uh, it's a nuanced industry, but there's definitely ways for us, people like us, to, to make money from it. Um, but the reality is the the barrier for entry in terms of just, like, making music actually a reliable source of income is, like, your, your fucking your work. It's crazy that you need to be on our level, that you need to be on like getting millions and millions of streams a, like a week or whatever just, just to, to be okay yeah exactly yeah yeah things have become easier in terms of access but there's still these barriers that are because like... it's the same it's the same <laughs> thing everywhere it's it's the it's the entities that control everything ultimately right it's kind of like they they have cornered the marketplace they get to decide as the three forces that own all of the music industry they get to be like hey this is how much we pay people. This is how much we take. What are they going to fucking say? They can't do shit. It's the same as like with salt mining, right? Like salt mining, Mm. one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. And like what I I think uh, every 
was it 50 tons of salt is sold for like two dollars or something right and it and you might think to yourself well in those countries maybe two dollars is a lot it isn't it is absolutely not a uh, an accurate reflection of the labor that's put into it but the companies that buy all of the salt in the world have effectively oligopolized slash monopolized the market so they get to tell them the salt miners how much they will be paid they say hey we will buy this much per ton and if you say no then you're not selling salt isn't that basically what walmart did like this is basically the same tactic for like Yes. All of these types it's, of shit, right? It's like, called late stage <laughs> capitalism. That's yeah. right. Even if, even no, it's just Walmart, copy and paste this tactic and you can get rich too. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. You'll get rich, but only for a certain amount of time. I mean, like, and, and then like you, you feel like you have this like choice, you know, this illusion of choice. But like when you step into mar- uh, like a shop like Walmart or Target, everything is owned by like five entities corporate entities that own all of the means of production and um so even though you see hundreds and hundreds of different brands they're owned by the same like few people and giving you different flavors of the same thing (laughs) yeah and they become so big and these industries are all so big that they are too big to fail because if you allow it to fail if it starts to fucking crumble then the concern is that like well what if the rest of our fragile economic system will crumble alongside yeah. it because yeah. this is such an important it's such an important like uh, uh it has such an important function within society right <laughs> capitalism breeds innovation and then the meme of like the eight different same peanut butters yes but by different brands. exactly yeah. bro it's it's exactly that and the, the worst part about it is is we're now starting to see it like i think especially our age group all four of us we've gotten to see like for a lot of things, also just the quality diminish for a lot of things because mm-hmm. that's also a, a way to cut down costs. Mm-hmm. What happens, right. like, the and whole thing, the whole premise yeah. is, like, for you to grow your audience. But what happens if your audience is the whole world? Where, well, that's, then like what, have, that's like what Facebook meta is, like, yes. dealing with mm-hmm. now. Yeah. This is why they're all dealing with such crazy losses. So they're like, all right, well, we get to this point where everyone's yeah. our audience. Well, the way to reduce, we have to reduce costs to make more money. And so you reduce labor force where you can. But it's, but Isn't not the issue with places. Amazon for, that it's, like, uh, they're eventually going to run into a crisis where like they can't hire anyone anymore because they will have hired everyone because their turnover rate is so high. Perhaps. I don't know. I don't know how I feel exactly about that, but I know that whatever is going to happen, it's not going to be in an effort to employ people. It's going to be in an effort to like save money. So the right. reason we have automated like now translation the translation force has largely been replaced by ai right and instead a lot of translators translators are having to become proofreaders after ai translates things right so that's already shifting because that's an effective way to cut costs but salt mining even though we have the machinery for it we still employ human labor force because it is it is cheaper it is cheaper it, to yeah, literally employ people uh, people to do that than to build those machines and maintain those machines because you you know because you you can underpay a person and and you know I, I think it's important to say like it's not that progress and innovation is automatically bad it's just that what these companies do is they go progress innovation awesome and then someone says oh uh, should we think about maybe how it could possibly affect these people so and you know do things to make sure that it doesn't affect these people no 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 no, no. I want the progress and innovation right now I don't care how it affects people no 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 you know I agree. progress <laughs> and innovation in itself isn't bad I think progress and innovation 
in a capitalist structure is problematic because the whole drive is the accumulation of capital right so if you're progress you're only utilizing progress so far as how it helps you uh accumulate capital then it's like it's going to be inhumane it's going to be unethical it's going to be unempathetic and as because you're not incentivized to create a a community that's stable you're incentivized to just make more money than you did last year but that's what (laughs) it is yeah yeah also i just wanted to sneak this in earlier because i wanted to say but i didn't want to derail the conversation too bad but uh earlier we were talking about like the illusion of choice and like different you know how everything's on did y'all know that ralph lauren polo sorry ralph lauren polo is owned by nestle <laughs> what? I learned that from a Das Racist song. There's a Das Racist song where they oh, say that shit. shit. Yeah, and uh, and oh I looked that God. shit up. It's true. Wow, Das Racist was dropping truth bombs. Goddamn. Yeah, that was in like 2011. Yeah. Through the combination, yeah, I mean, they were trying to reveal it all through the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell uh, songs. It was, there was a it whole was like a mixtape. Uh, sh- there was a whole fucking ca- anti-capitalist message they were fucking dropping all us. We, we yeah. didn't even fucking see it. It just the bar just goes. Polo is owned by Nestle. Yup, Polo is owned by Nestle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what? And it, it, it's like this weird thing that's happening with all of these companies now. Because isn't like wasn't there a time where uh, the label uh, Death Row was owned by like Toys R Us or some shit like that? Like. I mean, mean, okay, here's a fun fact that y'all might have not known. Did you know that Ruckus Records was funded by Rupert Murdoch's son? Dude, I didn't we just do that on the the podcast news a couple of weeks ago? I don't think that came up, did it? We looked up because we were talking about Ruckus Records. Or maybe I might have talked about this with someone afterwards. Because I I just remember. I don't remember that. I just remember at one point. We reviewed a sound bombing compilation a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's it's that record label. Because I remember having that moment of yeah. looking up and being like, oh, I wonder how this regular label started. Like some scrappy young guys. And it was like, wait, the son of uh, Rupert Murdoch? <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I mean, the guy who started it went to college with Rupert Murdoch's son. And he, and he they were homies. And he agreed to fund his, Man. his label. Just, yeah. You got like, wow. And like, if LP I just didn't happen to roommate so with... So LP and Most Def were funded by Rupert Murdoch's yeah, money. Yeah, that's basically. so insane. Yeah. That's right. But think about it, guys. Like, these motherfuckers own all of the money. So no matter what you do, it's always going to go back to them. It's always been true the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that meme. Yeah, Yeah, it always has been. (laughs) Don't get mad now because you noticed. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's honestly just pulling back the curtains and seeing like that, you know, the Wizard of Oz isn't a wizard that like. Except this time the wizard looks at you and says, what are you going to do about it? And then closes the curtain and goes right back to business. The wizard is just Rupert. Well, anyway, great podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> great message. Uh, just leave with the kids. The future's bleak. Good night. <laughs> you will all die in suffering. <laughs> no, I'm optimistic. I was just sitting here like, wow, th- th- this is really terrible and dismal, but... um. <laughs> The main reason I asked y'all here is because y'all got new albums and you're going on tour soon. Perfect. Uh, Perfect segue. I was literally, I was sitting here for the last 10 minutes like, how am I going to segue back The world to- we killed it. I think that Chaos was the best rains. segue possible. Come see Rav and kill the... Well, you know, we we the, our art. I mean, like that's uh that's that's we are operating within this flawed system as independent artists 
fairly successfully i would say you know we've been doing this full time yeah. we we were we had jobs when you guys first talked to us you know mm. uh many moons yeah. ago we quit our jobs we've been doing this full time for over four years now and yeah. it's um we're very fortunate that we get to do what we get to do and even with these albums that the album i just put out and the album that bill's about to put put out these are independent ventures bill's going on tour in two weeks i'm going yeah, on you don't need the mainstream we don't need your it. support wax speech of thoughts yeah we, yeah we're doing it and we're doing it like you know from this like our bedrooms or you know like the past year i've been on the move i've been one airbnb another hotel whatever wherever i'm at i will record i will make music i will compose mm. whatever and same goes um for Bill, and it's amazing that in this day and age, that we can do that. That we have the tools that give us direct access to the, the audience. Future is now. That is cool. That's where innovation is super sick. You know for sure. It's crazy that uh, just like from our homes, we could like actually make like a whole album and it be like uh, like at least rival that of like a like a mainstream album or whatever in terms right, of like in terms of like oh you could throw this on or you could throw this on and both of it sounds like you know same level of like you, you know how like 20 years ago you hear an MF Doom track and there's kind of that little feeling of like oh but this isn't like mainstream rap right like like now it is no more normalized to just have the tools to be like no we get out just as clean as the studios yeah well, for sure and back then I think it was like the equivalent would have been like oh getting your seeing your album in the middle of the record store that was so far-fetched mm. whereas nowadays it's like it is at the store the spotify is now the store right, it's just that right. you're like it's like a library almost that you, you, know, you i gotta a throw in a for. digimon sample or reference here because that feels appropriate right like we all <laughs> live in a digital world and whatever one of those songs we <laughs> yeah um but yeah, uh, uh, Rav just released uh, his album Leap not too long ago. That's right. And then um, I'm dropping mine. Uh, I actually just announced it the other day. It's Full Metal Kaiju. It's coming out like super soon. Mm-hmm. It's April 25th. Nice. And um, I'm really excited. And then as soon as I'm done with that, then I go to go on tour. And then Rav goes on tour right after. I'm going on tour with Square and Melty Cannon. When are you going on tour? It's going to be uh, May 2nd. Starts in Durham. North Carolina, and then we're kind of coming nice. up the East Coast, and then going into Canada, and then coming back down and ending in Chicago and Midwest area. Yeah. yeah, so we're kind of doing the the right side right. into the middle, and then uh, right tour, your... tour starts on the 14th. I'm doing a West Coast leg first, um, and then I'll do an East Coast leg second half of June, where it'll be mostly East Coast and Midwest. Yeah, so yeah. The Short King Tour is my tour, <laughs> and your tour is the Summertime the Tour. Summertime Tour. Short King Tour is an undefeated name, though. Thank you. Very kind. <laughs> I, I, I thought, I honestly sat on it for so long. I debated. No, that's it. That's I, the best one. I wanted to own it. I wanted to be like, you know what? Let me do some. Let you were sitting something. there in the meme looking at the orb like, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and he just looks at the orb and it just says Short King Tour on it. The reality is like, I realized that like, damn, I am short. And it's something that's like always in a sense at one point or another either plagued me or like mm. been a facet of my existence for better or worse because of how I interact mm. with the rest of the world. Right, right, right. How tall are you, Rev? I'm five five on a good day five four on oh. a flaccid day i'm five three five three okay there you go we're we're mm. we're all you know short short uh, game em- i don't emperors. remember you being that short muse why do i not remember you, you being don't? five three hmm 
When we I met, I feel like you um, were the tallest man. And, like, and it's just so funny whenever we're like, we like have that moment whenever we're hanging out because I'm like, I'm, I'm such a fucking Patrice O'Neal looking ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, the remaining meeting time take a look. Yeah, we have I was a just going to say that. Um, do we do we do one more or do we wrap it up? But yeah, we've what been we going thinking? on for like an hour. <laughs> it's up to y'all. It's we, up to y'all. We, we were not. We're. we're, I, I, we're good I think for it time. feels like a natural wrap up point. We, yeah. we, we, we could just ride out the, the last uh, minute twenty if you want. Okay. But, um, Quick wrap. Do the thing you do. Okay. <laughs> I love it when he does that thing. Sorry, he asked. Well, that about does it for this week's episode of Going Off. Thank you very much for spending your time with us. Thank you so, so much to Kill Bill and Rav for spending their time with us this week. Thank you, Charm of Crows, for requesting the Cinematropolis album. And if there's an album that you would like to request to have us review on a future episode, head on over to our Kofi ko-fi.com slash going off G-O-I-N-O-F-F. We got our links in the description, our Twitters, our Patreons, our Kofis, our YouTubes. I've been holding shit down on TikTok as of late and trying to get back into Fan House. So all those links are going to be in my link tree. Yes, and on my Patreon, patreon.com slash rapcritic, we just did a vote for uh, what I'm going to review next. So, you know, just one of the perks that you can be a part of when you... uh uh join up we do uh you know voting on episodes uh there's a patreon discord uh, of course you get to see episodes uh, rap critic episodes early as well as my movie podcast and we're also having uh, uh movie and game nights uh, in fact i think we're going to be having one this weekend again the times that this is recorded it's going to be over by then but <laughs> this, this one sucks like uh. trying to tell people about stuff and then be like oh right but then time ha- passes by with, <laughs> for the editing um but yeah but you know what you you'll be ahead of it next month so when you get on over to patreon.com slash rap critic as well as kofi.com slash rap critic for everything outside of the going off album reviews uh where you can put in music uh stream or movie requests get with it act like you want it um and that's all i've got to say i think uh (laughs) yeah i think that covers all of it so thank you again for spending your time with us we greatly appreciate it and we hope you will join us again next time for going off but until then I'm Muse. And I'm the rap critic. And sometimes I feel like my life's a movie. I don't like the film. I don't like the film. Play it all back. Play it all back. Everyone's gone to the movies. Now we're alone again. (laughs) Is that... Is that from that song also? I, I only know it from no, the... No, we can both do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know a movie. And just like the movies. Check, 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 check. Oh, here we go. Hello, hello, hello. There we go. I'm good. Cool. Mic check. Mic, 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 mic. Mic check. Mic check. Oh, oh yours, yours is all fucky-wuckied. Mic check, mic check, mic check. It is indeed what's happening. Stop it. Yeah, okay, we're good. Okay, we're good. Uh, where is the motherfucker? That's right. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Okay, let's see if this works. My chat. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, my chat. Ha!
Ha. 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 Yes. Okay. It's going to get compressed. So hopefully, hopefully it doesn't. I've noticed that like when we talk together, it gets quieter too. It's weird. Oh, interesting. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. It'll turn out fine, I think. Yeah. Go in the house. 